Welcome to another episode of Daycare Unscripted, the podcast about educators, the bosses, the parents, the expecting parents, and what happens in between. This podcast tackles topics about daycare and child rearing in an accepting and open style. It is designed to have conversations that will enable guests to express their own opinions and perspectives with the goal of understanding and learning from one another. So without further ado, let us welcome our guest for today's episode. Hi everyone, we are back again for another episode of Daycare Unscripted, the podcast for the educators, the bosses, the parents, the expecting parents, and what happens in between. So to be quite honest, I am actually looking forward for like a week now for this episode. I'm very excited because I think our topic for today is one that is so significant that a lot of people should hear it out there. Because we all know that early childhood is a woman-led career and there is a shortage of men who enters the field. So I figured we'll spend one episode talking about how someone chose this field and how he navigates through it. So I episode title for today is A Man in a Woman's World. And our guest for today is Alex Lamontang. Hi, Alex. Hi, Robin. How are you? Good, you? Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm kind of nervous because it's my first podcast ever. So. Oh my gosh, you're a celebrity yeah, now. I'm a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I would just like you to tell our listeners how you got into the early childhood profession, how long have you been in the field, and what type of age groups that you've already worked with, or some places you've already worked with already. Perfect. So I started, um, I'd say like I've been an educator now for four years. Um, I started off as, well, before I got my degree in early childhood, I was, um, I started in high school being a tutor for kids in elementary school. And I feel like that's really what like got me interested in wanting to work with kids. Um, I had a really tough time in elementary school with like learning disabilities and stuff. So I felt like um, having had a hard time, I feel like I had like, um, I don't know how to explain. Like, I feel like I had a way, like I knew I had another perspective. Yeah, I had another perspective on it for kids that had a hard time. Because I feel like sometimes a lot of the teachers I had didn't understand what I was going through. So when I started at Concordia, um, I really wanted to get into elementary school education and kind of just fell into early childhood education, like for the daycare level. And I ended up really liking it. So the how I got into the daycare system was that one of my stages, I had to be like I had to do like an observation um, course so I went in and I observed a class of five-year-olds so right before kindergarten and it was really interesting and then after that that's where I got my first contract job where I was a shadow in a daycare for a boy that had um, kind of like impulse control issues and that was acting out in his class it was really tough for his teachers to kind of um, like um, 
It was tough give, for him. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it was tough for them to focus on him and then all the other students as well. Right. So that was my way in. And it was kind of interesting because that gave me, it allowed me to see like the inner workings of what a classroom is really like. So finally, when I did get my, my own class, um, I felt like I already had a foot in the door and I knew a bit like what to expect, how to talk yeah. to the parents, how to talk with my bosses, how to talk with my coworkers. And I then worked three years with um, the three to four year olds. Okay, so mostly toddlers and yeah. four to five. Four to five, yeah, exactly. And you've worked in how many different daycares now? You've worked in private and both public as well? Right, so I worked, my first one was um, a CPE. And then the one where I got my own class was in a like uh, private daycare. And when you had your first class, were you um, a teacher that is handling that class or were you with a partner? Were you working was, with someone? I was with a partner, yeah. So I've only worked with partners and I don't know if I would be as comfortable working by myself just okay. because I've always known working with a partner and I really like that chemistry of, you know, if you're having a tough day, you've got someone to kind of like bounce off of, you've got someone to kind of support you. You also have another like fresh vision if, you know, like you're kind of hitting a wall, you're like, oh, like how can I get through a certain problem? How can I create an activity? you've got a new fre a fresh set of eyes and you know it's nice to have that support system with you all the time so I definitely recommend <laughs> if you do start working in the field you know if you can find a partner and when you do find that partner that works really well with you it just makes such a difference like it really you stick helps with them yeah exactly yeah as long as you can <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so you've always known that you wanted to work with um, um, little people I'd say yeah. um, have you are you always on that track or did you have other plans and it just kind of like landed you there? I know you took like it was mm -hmm. in university, but mm -hmm. did you have like any other dreams for, for example, like being an engineer and all of a sudden this is where life took me, you know? Right. Yeah. So I've always I know I'm a people person, but I've always known that. And I've always had like a hard time seeing myself working at a desk job. And my first introduction to working with people was in high school. And my first job was working in a retirement home. And I thought that was it. I was okay. like, this is it. Like, I'm going to work with old yeah. people the rest of my life. Like, they're <laughs> oh great. My they're so funny. And then I had a really hard time when they started dying. Like, that was like something that Aww. I just couldn't cope with. I was like having such a hard time with that. So finally, I thought, okay, like, let's rethink this. And so, like I said, I started working as a tutor. And I was like, oh, nice. Like, it's, you know, very similar, similar interactions. But instead of, you know, working with people that have like years and a lifetime full of wisdom you're starting from the beginning which is mm -hmm. super nice too and it was also interesting to see like you know how a kid thinks and like the way they see life and how sometimes they can teach you a bunch of stuff and I just really went with that and so I didn't originally have the plan of working in ECE I had originally my studies were in anthropology and sociology and okay. I really enjoyed that. Very similar. Um, like sociology is the study of like society and like how right. societies work and like seeing how people interact. So I feel like that stays with the whole like being a people person. But then I was really disappointed to find out that where my degree was taking me was more like of a desk job and maybe more of like data analyst and stuff. And so I wasn't too thrilled with that. And then I had a friend that was an ECE and I took a class with her kind of like as a 
um, out of my program classes that you needed to take. And I really enjoyed it. And it was, I think, learning through play, which was a really fun class to get introduced to. And um, I just went with it. I applied kind of like one night, like I was like, I'm just going to do it. Uh And then I joined and then I just loved it. Like it was really nice. Like it really changed from like going to school and enjoying it. And then like I don't remember like finding university that difficult just because it was really nice to go to class. And I felt like the topic was interesting and the stages were fun. And, you know, a lot of the like the teachers are people that have been educators or directors. So it's it was nice for them to share with us what like, you know, their own life experience, like the reality of it, too. Right. Totally. And like how, you know, even they say like it has changed so much. And some of my teachers were super young and just saying, like, it is an evolving field. So it's, that's another thing that was really interesting is that it's always different. Every age group will be different. Like um, just going like just how time, how technology is evolving and how jobs are evolving. The work for us is also evolving. So that's an and interesting thing. And we're always thing. trying to learn, right? We're always exactly. learning. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. I didn't know you had that much background on you, Alex. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, so you you said that like um, you like seeing children learn through play. Yes. So there's this idea that because in early childhood is mostly led by women, there's mm-hmm. less tolerance for the rough and tumble play. You're familiar mm-hmm. with that, right? Yeah. What is your take on that? And as a man, do you agree that we should be a bit more tolerate, tolerant Excuse me, f- with that kind of play? Or do mm-hmm. you think that... Um, in your experience, do you think that there's just enough that you've seen? So it's really funny. I've had, you know, I've had more than one partner that I worked with. And it's funny, each partner had a very different view of that, like that kind of play and stuff. And I just feel like there's a time and place for everything. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that we should limit any sort of play. I definitely think that, you know, for example, when we're inside, I definitely, okay, so (laughs) for me, I think that what I really enjoy about here is that we have four seasons. And I think that that Mm -hmm. allows for a lot of different forms of play. I definitely encourage rough and tumble play more in the wintertime because of, you know, the snow, the snow suits, Mm -hmm. all the padding and stuff like that. But obviously everything is like, I'm observing everything and I'm making sure that things aren't getting out of hand. There were rules going into it, like, you know, no hitting. It's more like, it has to make sense. Like if a friend is down, you can't, you can't like hurt the friend. The whole point is not to hurt each other. But I do see, I do agree that rough and tumble play is important. Mm-hmm. But I also see the, um, oh, how do I, I'm trying to wear this. I, I do also see like the benefits of other forms of play. Like, for example, like, right. like dramatic play and then, um, you know, Sensory table play. play exactly. Yeah. There's all, there's, it, it all makes sense. So I don't believe in limiting mm-hmm. the play, but I, for example, like I wouldn't let my kids, you know, go to town on each other and rough and tumble play in a classroom where there's, you know, shelves and other friends and hard toys, you know, I think that there's a time and a place, but I don't believe in limiting that form of play because like you said, there's, you can learn from everything. Like, you know, I don't like this. So, you know, I had a friend, I had these kids, these three boys loved rough and tumble play. And Mm. I had this little girl and she was so tiny. And I was always like, no, no, like you won't enjoy this play. <laughs> she got in there and she was the toughest one. And she was like, <laughs> like dominating that ring. And I was like, wow, like, and you know what I mean? Like it taught me also that I was like, 
as much as I don't believe that I have gender stereotypes, I mm-hmm. was gender like stereotyping her and being like, oh no, she right. she won't she won't do well in there. She won't like it. And it turns out she was, you know, super awesome. And I feel like I've and she was super young in my class when I had her, and now she's in the five year old group at this point. And she, it's funny to see like she loves like playing soccer now, and she's when they oh, go to the park, evolved. like yeah, exactly. She's just like a super athletic person, and I just. I think that that was her way of telling us like, no, this is the kind of play I want. And this is so mm. important to me. And I'm happy that I did let her and that I saw, like she basically taught me like, you know, let us all try what we want to try. And then we'll be the judge of, exactly. you know, exactly. if it's appropriate or not for us. Yeah, because then we, we tend to kind of like limit them because, you know, she's little and we kind of like, like mm-hmm. you said, like gender stereotype, stereotype them. Yeah. yeah. So is it tough to work? With uh, in a field with a lot of women, for you with your with your experience, do you find it's it's hard to work with us? <laughs> no. Okay. So funny enough, I only have sisters. So I've only oh, okay. known. Yeah. Like my household was two sisters, my mom, and a lot of my cousins are girls too. So I feel like I've always been in a very matriarch situation where like women are running the place and like and I mean that in the best way. Like I just feel right. like it really. It also showed me that like. Um, you know, you can do whatever you want. Like I'm in a female dominated field and both my sisters are in business. Like, okay. Like I feel like that's changing a lot, but it's still considered a very male dominated field. And I do think that, you know, having my mom in such a authoritative position allowed us to be like, Oh look, like you can do whatever you want. And like, that's totally fine. Um, I haven't had any issues working with the people that I've worked with. The women that I've worked Mm -hmm. with have been super awesome um I really enjoy it like I don't know I think it's just it just it was just I was lucky like having grown up with so many women in my life that mm-hmm. I feel like I just understand like you know commute like speaking with women and like I just I also trained for it yeah but I also feel like my sisters and my mom also taught me how to talk and like how to really communicate properly you know what I okay. mean like and I feel like women do communicate better than men. Like, not to, again, gender stereotype, but I do feel like yeah, yeah. just I'm super emotional. So I'll talk about my emotions. And, you know, I feel like that's also super important is like allowing boys to know that you can be sensitive and you can right. be, and like just having that outlet. And I think that that for me was big. And so when I am working with kids, I also apply that. Like, you know, like if someone's crying or whatever, like if a boy's crying, I. Mm-hmm you know I encourage it almost like it's okay to be upset talk about it use your words like communicate what you like what you don't like so I think that I've had a great time working with women and I feel like I haven't met knock on wood any situation that has been difficult okay well that's great to hear that that's like such an encouragement for all the men out there you know come join the field Mm -hmm. um speaking of of that you haven't had like a bad experience when it comes to like you know working with other with other educators but what about parents are there any parents that is a bit more reluctant for example to leave you Mm -hmm. their kid with like you know with the diaper changing and all i know it's crazy but -hmm. it's kind of like the world we live in you know where they're like oh what you're you're a guy and you're handling my child's classroom Mm -hmm. like was there ever a time when the parent had made a comment or had like questioned you in terms of you being like uh, a man in the classroom for sure yeah of course so that's funny I was just gonna like segue that 
the only um i guess hurdles i've met was mostly with the parents okay. and they're none of them were bad it was just i mm-hmm. do notice that like let's say parents are will always question more like oh and, and you are like are you an observer? Are you here with the CLSC? Are you a psychoeducator? I'm like, no, no, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the educator. Like I work in this mm-hmm. class. And what was nice was parents that have kids in the daycare that you mm-hmm. already know, they won't question you. Like they already know you. Okay. But it, it was mostly like parents that, you know, integrating their kid into the daycare. So it's a new daycare. There's already questions there. But now it's like, oh, who's this man in the class? Like, you know what I mean? Like I can understand that being... Right not of you know not having that many men working in the field um i have had some instances the one that really sticks out in my mind was more at the beginning i um was a sub and i was replacing an educator that was gone on vacation and um i was changing um a little girl's diaper and then that evening um grandma came to pick up and She was like, oh, you are, you know, and I let her know. I was like, oh, I'm the sub. I work in the daycare. My name is Alex. How are you? Mm-hmm. The next day, I had a complaint from that little girl's father saying that, oh. you know, he was uncomfortable that I was changing diapers and that it all it went on to this whole thing of like he as a man wasn't even changing his own daughter's diapers at home. So he wasn't comfortable with a male educator changing her diapers. Um, so... I was super lucky. My bosses were amazing. My staff was super great. They all supported me and they all said, look, like, we understand your discomfort, but, you know, Alex is an educator. He went to school for this. He's got his background check. You know, like, he's a reliable person. There was some, like, some tension there, but, you know, our, my bosses were really great at, you know, inviting the, the father in with the mother, having me there, kind of having an open dialogue, again, like communicating. Okay. And that mm-hmm. I feel like that really helped. And I feel like that was a learning moment for me that, you know, instead of taking a parent's concern as an insult or as, uh, oh, they don't trust me, like, you know, like putting myself into question, just taking the approach of let me get to know them and allow them to know me. Because oh I feel God. like when you know someone, you build yeah. trust and then uh-huh. you're like, okay, like, this isn't a stranger anymore. This is this is Alex. He he does this. He's his favorite color. Just, you know, just like little things like that. Like getting yeah. to know someone allows them to build a bridge that they can trust you with. You know, and it totally makes sense. I try not to take it personal. Like it is your child. You know, right. you are leaving your child with someone. It's like an extension of like you. A you want to make oh. exactly a stranger, and especially someone that's you know, a, a man that's in a field like you said dominated by women. So. And I tried to put myself in a situation like, let's say I, you know, I'm so used to dropping off my kid at a daycare with full of women. And then Mm. one day there's a man. How would I react? And you know what? Like, it sucks. But I would also be like, like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, like, who is this? Like, I would ask more questions just because I'm so not used to it. And when I do meet another male educator, I'm like, oh, there's another one. You know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised. I'm happy to see it. But even I'm thrown off. So I can always see why parents are more reluctant. But I yeah. would encourage parents to, you know, if they're nervous, you know, ask, to could, you, could you give me a call? Yeah. Or do you mind if we have a phone call? Do you mind if we could meet in person? I would just like to talk, you know, and, you know, you work it around work hours, you know, um, if during nap time when another educator can go watch your class, you know, call the parents, have a one-on-one. I think it's super important if you can organize a meeting with your director and mm-hmm. the parent, that way there's, you know, a, a mediator, I think that's super important, but uh, no, for sure I've had like 
that kind of experience kind of yeah kind of like a what's it called like a pushback or like I noticed that I have to like put um, more effort Is prove that myself like, almost yeah. yeah and I had this one one time grandma was coming to pick up and I'm, I'm one of those people that I love going into other people's classes and just like uh-huh. saying hello and just like talking to my staff and the staff and talking to the kids because I'm thinking you know if the kids are moving up like they're going to get to know me and it's going to make the transition easier but one day Definitely, grandma yeah. Yeah. And so one day a grandma was picking up their daughter because uh, their granddaughter because mom gave birth. And so okay. when I asked grandma, like, oh, how did everything go? She was like, and you are, are you a parent? Like she was almost <laughs> thrown off. Like, who is this man? And why is he talking to me? Right. And, you know, that's when I realized I was like, oh, man, like I'm so used to seeing parents that I know. This woman mm-hmm. doesn't know who I am. And I'm asking about her daughter's baby, you know, like. Exactly. So yeah. I'm kind of reminded from time to time. OK, I have to take a step back. I have to remember that, like, not everyone knows who I am, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's nice to have that kind of mentality, though, like that openness that it's not it's not an insult. It's not a direct impact like on me. It's not something negative. Mm-hmm. It's just most probably there's a lack of communication between us. And I just haven't really introduced myself to this person. Yeah, and exactly. so I'm not about he's or she's not about to like open up her mm-hmm. life to me. You know, no, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. I try. I, I think that was like also the the educators I was working with having been so experienced in the field you know they were able to like kind of you know give me words of wisdom that don't think things too personal like right try to like see it from another perspective and I think that's also super important is to in any aspect of your life if you take something personally try to see it in another way sometimes exactly. it's not always the way you see it so yeah so what do you think that a male perspective brings in the field that women don't usually don't usually be bring in kind of like what can you think is you know on the top of your head Mm. that you guys have an advantage of being on the field oh man oh my god I have that's such a good question I have no idea let me think um I I don't oh my gosh that's such a good question I feel so thrown off um good I don't know if I would say that I have like um another like a better perspective or just something like that I do think that sometimes just the presence helps Mm -hmm. so in in a situation that always like comes back to mind when I think of like a male working in the field was um there were two boys two twins that I was working with and the parents were going through like a divorce right and um this is when I was also just starting and these boys tended to have very like um, explosive behaviors, you know, often getting upset, not super mm-hmm. affectionate, you know, like um, choleric, like would just, you know, express themselves. Zero to in, ten. So, zero to ten, exactly. Yeah. And I remember when I started, they just kind of like gravitated towards me and I never really understood. And then even the staff was like, oh, wow, like, I'm not going to use their names. Um, right. They really like, they're really taking to you. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, Absolutely, like this is so normal. Like every kid does that, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> right. they, then I realized, I was like, no, I'm a complete stranger in their mm-hmm. class. But I guess, you know, I don't know the situation too well. But I do know that dad wasn't as present as he could have been. So okay. I feel like for them, that was a that just me being there was a good presence for them. And just like I noticed, there were moments where like they would they just needed that moment of just like I'm just gonna come sit with you and I would never like force them to come sit with me it was always very much like a natural process like right if I'm doing an activity I notice 
they would come sit next to me. Like I would encourage them to pull up a chair or yeah. um, if I circle time, you know, I noticed they would sit closer to me just to be like, have that close proximity. So I do feel like having a male presence in the class is super good. Let's say for, I mean, I think there's a bunch of different reasons, but for this, for this example, I feel like that was needed. Might like just yeah. having a male presence. And um, I've no, I noticed it also in situations where like, let's say, parents are getting divorced but the mom is not so much in the picture and I just noticed those kids gravitating towards the female educator and I just think that sometimes it's just nice to have like a variety of different people in your environment you know like um you know not just having like, like you know what I mean like we live in Montreal too like there's exactly. our the island of Montreal is so diverse like that we're so lucky to have so many cultures so it's nice to also have teachers like different representations right so I yeah at the daycare that I was working at I had like Italian teachers I had um a, a Chinese teacher I had um a French teacher you know what I mean like it was nice and I feel like the kids really and one oh my one woman she was a floater but she spoke Spanish English French and the Spanish kids loved her like they just loved having her there so they I just identify think that, with her yeah exactly yeah. and I think that just having that diversity whether it be male female just different you know cultural backgrounds is so important and I think that kids just really feed off of that so I think that just to come back to your question I don't think I have like let's say a better perspective but I do think that right. just having that diversity helps yeah I think I have one I think one of the advantage is the voice sometimes it's that you know very simple thing the quality of voice for some reason when like a man is in in a classroom and I've, I've seen this because i've worked with like you know men shadows sometimes mm -hmm. when they talk for some reason they just get the classroom right away you don't I wonder have if to it's, yeah i wonder if it's Go because ahead. we're so not used to it like the kids aren't used to it right yeah maybe so it's almost like like who's talking like oh my god who said that you know like it's yeah. almost because i wonder i'm and i'm curious to see with time as mm -hmm. let's say i hope honestly that more men will trickle into the field and you know work with kids I'm wondering I really hope to see if that effect will still hold up or if, if it becomes more of like an everyday thing if it'll like again just be noise in the background like oh he's talking again you know but it's, it's true I've noticed that like or I noticed when I was first working with kids like sometimes I speak loud right so yeah if I was trying to get the attention of the class like the kids would jump a foot and like just like look over their shoulder <laughs> so I was like okay like I also have to like bring it down a bit you know because yeah. it's again they're not used to it and I'm speaking too loud you know so I, I find that just because of the quality of the voice it's different mm -hmm. from like yeah, a woman sure. to a man um was there a time that you know it's only been four years but was there a time that you just wanted to do something else because you feel like this is this is something that it's it's not working out for me as a man or um I feel like it, it's not so yeah I think that there's I'm definitely one of those people that just I'm always like I feel like I, I think of something or I see something especially with social media like I see someone making mm. candles I'm like I'm gonna become a candle maker <laughs> so I feel like different I'll see something and I'm like tomorrow I'm gonna make candles for a living <laughs> so I think that I'm always kind of like bouncing back and forth with like career ideas I right. will say there was one year one group that I had where I just had this one parent and we just like there was some headbutting but there was also the factor of you know COVID um yeah. I don't know if it was the same at your daycare, but the daycare I was working at, parents couldn't come in. So parent, mm -hmm. kids were dropped off at the door. So this was also a new parent that couldn't integrate in the class. She couldn't come to the door 
to drop off her child. So I felt like she already felt like isolated. And then there was mm. the factor of like, oh, not only do I not know, like I not, I don't get to speak to the teachers every morning, but now I'm also have that additional factor of a male being there. So I feel like that caused some friction. It definitely made me like, you know, question a lot of like, what am I doing? Like, do I want to do this all the time? Like, like, and do I always have to, do I, I don't always feel like I have to prove myself. I don't want to have to like meet these hurdles every year when I'm meeting new parents. That, yeah. Like, and I always have, you know, on my mind, I always have that doubt of like, what if one day I meet like just the parent that is just super not okay with it. And that's going to mm-hmm. give me the hardest time. Like what so are you going to do? Exactly. Yeah. So there always is that moment of like, or that thought, you know, like, should I go into a field that's like mm-hmm. more male dominated? Should I, you know, a lot of like shoulda woulda coulda like what should I do so um I have thought about it and Mm -hmm. I did temporarily um leave uh, early childhood education and I tried a desk job oh and I lasted a month so (laughs) just to let you know like how I just didn't feel like it was right for me so um I came back to it and it's almost like Mm -hmm. I came back to it with a new set of eyes like you know I I miss working with a big group of people every day. I miss working with, you know, a team of women that I respect and that I like, you know what I mean? Like, it's nice to come to that support system. It's almost like your second family, you know, like you see the kids every day. They're so happy to see you. You see your staff. It's nice to see different faces. You see your bosses. Like you see the parents. It's just nice to see people. So I would say yes and no. Um, At the moment, I feel like having come back into it only a month Mm -hmm. out of the field. um, I don't know. I, I feel like, I'm good now, but you know, I don't know. Uh, you're down in a good place. This is yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know what the future holds. Yeah, but for the exactly. time being, yeah, exactly, I'm I'm happy and I feel like I'm in the right place for now. All right. Well, that's good to hear because you're great at what you do, Alex. Thanks. You're oh amazing. Gosh. I'm so honored hearing that from you, especially. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you didn't have a lot of like hardships, like working with educators that are female, because you know you're just so good at dealing with that. Um. What about, like, for example, gender biases? Are there, like, criticisms that you've heard from other educators that questions your ability to teach? Because, you know, things like they'd say, like, oh, you know, they're not attached to their emotions so much, so they Mm -hmm. don't really see it on a kid. They're not Mm -hmm. that sensitive. They don't really pick up the cues that women can pick up like that, you know? Mm -hmm. How do you... How do you deal with that? Or how do you think men in the field should deal with that kind of biases? Um, are, these biases, are, are they coming from educators, parents, or just from anyone? You mean, in or? general. I would in start general. with um, educators, maybe. If, okay. You know. Um, I think the number one thing I would do if I met someone that was kind of like putting me in a box and that was giving me exactly. like grief about, you know oh you're this so you don't understand that and like you know what I have to I do say like you know I I will never understand the life of a woman because I haven't lived her life you know so you know the hurdles that a woman has to face I'll never understand so I'll try not to like speak for my female staff uh, my female uh, co-workers or my bosses but you know if someone's speaking on my behalf like oh as a male for example like you know, I'm so out of touch with your emotions. You know what I mean? Because that's with, like the general consensus, right? With for like sure. Men, yeah, They're exactly. really not emotional and they're not in touch with their emotions. Yeah. So like, how can you deal with kids? You know, they're so emotional. Exactly. I, what I would do is, I, you know, I would approach my colleague and just, you know, kind of 
have again I feel like my, my number one thing is just like talking with people but like on the side just kind of like okay hey like yeah. you know I noticed this and you know like this is my background like I'm super sensitive and things like that almost like breaking that barrier mm-hmm. and I feel like that's super important I took a class in Concordia and it was led by a male and it was so interesting he he was just talking about like you know educating young boys about how to like get in touch with their feelings and learn how to talk right. about their feelings and uh, sometimes it's hard when your dad isn't super in touch with his emotions like I'm super lucky my dad's like the best like I just love mm-hmm. him and he's you know super encouraging about like talking about our emotions and things like that but I'm, I always wonder like what if you know what if my dad wasn't like that and you know what if I started closing myself off um so um so communication like open communication uh, yeah open key. communication is sure. super important and I think that it's important with your staff and I think it's important also with the kids you know like I'll hear comments like oh my god he's such a baby like he's crying like or whatever mm, and yes like kids will police each other and kids are like yeah, sometimes yeah. way more strict with these than adults are and I think it's important to say like oh you know like I'm an adult I cry you know and I and you know like there's no shame in it like I'm I'm a male and I, I want them to understand that like you know oh my god he's a grown-up he's he's like a dad but he also cries and it's like it's okay to cry and it's okay to talk yeah. about it and I I remember once we had a circle time and it was like a really tough time like my friend was moving away and like I like went to hide in like the because like, we had these bathrooms for kids and I went to like cry in the bathroom <laughs> oh, no. and like my coworker was encouraging me she was like no no like I'm like I don't want the kids to see me you know it's like and she was like no it's okay like why not like make it a learning experience yeah and let so, them see you let them see it so yeah. like we talked about it and I just you know talked about it, like you know I was feeling upset you know mm-hmm. like and it was perfect because we had a friend in the class who was going to another daycare so just saying like you know like I'm feeling sad my friend is leaving some friends in this class might feel sad because I'll use uh, not her name like let's say her name was Zoe Zoe's leaving she's going to another daycare and so mm-hmm. I feel like it was nice to have one of my like I said, my partner was able to kind of give me like a, a fresh set of eyes and be like, no, no, like, come on out and like, let them see it. So I think it's important that we also role model what we want the kids to bring forth as they grow up, you know? I think so. I think that's well said. That's 100% because I think also that if they see more men, you know, being less brave because it's big on boys, like being brave, mm-hmm. being able to just do everything a stronger than the than the next kid next boy kid next to them you know mm-hmm. so i think that if they see that yeah it's okay that sometimes a boy cries too a man mm-hmm. cries too it's you know it's the real emotions that they need mm-hmm. to, to experience and identify so mm-hmm. they could see it to, to uh, from other kids too and deal with it totally oh my goodness and one of my favorite i don't know you, do you know the paperback princess by robert munch yes i love okay. that story me a lot. too me too and i would always read it to my group of kids because i just mm-hmm. love how in the end spoiler alert she's a princess <laughs> and the prince is a jerk and she's like mm-hmm. you know what i don't need you like i'm gonna live on my own and be super happy and i always yes. love that story because it's like she saved the prince he was awful and she thought you know what i don't need this so she left and like i always talk to my kids about that that like you know it's nice to have like you know the non princess fairy tale happy ending where it's like the prince rescuing her like so i always love that story because it also teaches kids about like you know if someone's not being nice to you you can decide like no i don't want that and i think that's not okay exactly. and it's also again representation right like uh-huh. i think it's important to put women in a position of power and like let them it, 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 I know that it's so young like they're only three but I feel like it's important like it starts young and parents often don't think that kids are listening but they listen yeah. 
Yes, and, I always, and they remember a lot. They remember everything. everything. retains. Their yeah, they're sponges, you know, like we don't say that for nothing. And I always tell parents that talk to me, used to talk to me about like the kids being three and stuff. And they always ask me like, how do you do it? And I always tell them, it's like kids, especially this age, are like little businessmen and women. They will negotiate <laughs> yes. with you. They'll tell you what they want. You just have to yes. listen to them. And so I hate, I do not like when I see parents dismiss their kids like, like talking while they're there, like they're mm-hmm. not listening or, mm-hmm. you know, like or on the oh, phone. There's... Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And like, as if like they're physically there, but mentally they're not listening. Kids, yeah. They, they'll yeah. tell you. And like, even if they don't have the words, you'll see it in their play. You'll see it in their behaviors, like, their behaviors. Or when they do tell you something, sometimes it's like out of left field and you're like, oh, wow. Like they for sure heard that at home or they for sure saw that. And the parents don't think that they're seeing it or listening or understanding, but kids understand. So I think that's super important. Yeah, for sure. Well, Alex, it's almost the end of our conversation, oh but God. there's so many things I still want to ask you, but I only limit it for half an hour because I know yeah. you have other things to do also. Totally. But I always ask my guests the same last question. And the question is, I'm going to give you a minute to ponder okay. the question as well and what you want to say, but what is it that you would like our listeners to take away from the conversation that we had today? Okay. For sure. I feel like I don't even need to think about it. For yeah. sure. If you have, if you go to a daycare or if there's a new staff change and one of the educators is a male mm-hmm. and you're feeling apprehensive about it, and even if they're not in your class, you know, like mm-hmm. even if your kid, let's say, is way younger and he'll be in that teacher's class in like two to three years, you know, if you're feeling nervous about it, go and talk to them. Like, honestly, like, I right. just kind of say, like, introduce yourself. Like, hello, my name is Marie, or hi, my name is Jack. My kid is in this class, and I noticed you're new on the staff. And I feel like that's just in general. Like, if you any new staff change, even if it's a woman, like, take the time to, like, go talk to them, get to know them, build that relationship. Mm-hmm. And it'll just make you feel more confident, and it'll make the educator feel like, oh, wow, like, I have this new relationship with his parent, like... I'm really settling in. And I think that's the best feeling for everyone. Like you just want everyone to feel comfortable. So if you have a male educator that you don't know and you're nervous about it, go talk to them. And then that way, if your kids ask questions, you've got the answers, you know? And yeah. I think it's important. Again, communication. I said it a million times, but I feel like that's the number one thing exactly. for me. Yeah. yeah. And if there's a message, I know I said that was the last one, but because it's mm-hmm. Alex, there's going to be a last, last one. Uh, yes. If there's a message out there that you want men to know about early childhood and why it is such a great career also to get into, what would you tell them? Like, how would you sell it to them? Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. I mean, I might have to think about this one. How do I, how do I no pitch words. this? Um, I think it's definitely one of those fields that um, I think the public doesn't fully understand, you know, like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get comments mm-hmm. sometimes like, Oh, like, you're like basically like a glorified nanny or whatever. And I'm babysitting. like, babysitting, yes. babysitter. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like it's more than that. And I think that people don't really understand what an educator is. And it's, and I think that it's evolved so much since we've gone, like since I've been in daycare, like I've noticed things that my educators did that we no longer do because we realize like, okay, like that's not development. Not that, not that it's, that it was developmentally inappropriate, but we found better ways to teach. So mm-hmm. I definitely would say like, it's super rewarding. Like you never know what to expect. It's always going to be different. 
Um, some days will be harder than others. Like, I mean, some kids, some days will just have a harder day, like we all do. But at the end of it, it's just, there's something so rewarding about like yeah. seeing your kids go up and just like change. Like, I don't know. I don't like, it's so weird. Like I always like use the example of like, you plant a seed, you watch them grow and then they blossom. Like, it's I just get that. like, and that's what I love about the three-year-old group. They come into your class or like even younger than that. They're in diapers, they're peeing and you know. They're not potty trained. By the time they leave, by the, at the end of the year, they're going into the older group. They're potty trained. They like, you don't even need to help them in the bathroom. They're doing their own thing. It's just like, that's the biggest thing for me is just like seeing them go from not being potty trained to being completely potty trained. To me, that is like one of those things that I'm just kind of like, holy, like how, like that's such a big step. And it's just like, yeah. it's so nice to see them just like really come into themselves and like, it's just so rewarding. Like, I know it's just like, I feel like it's such a cliche, but it's like, it is nice to see people, div- like seeing young kids have their own personalities, have their own thought processes and like watching them play and like solve problems. Like, it's just nice. And just to think like, you can, you're just giving them like a little bit of something for the rest of their life. Like, yeah. even if it's just for now, like some, I, you know, I always think about that. Like they won't remember me when they're like 50, but sometimes it's just nice to like think right now I'm here for them for whatever reason emotionally educational purposes and it's just nice like you're there for them and you just see them grow and it's just like it's the best oh my goodness alex i really enjoyed our conversation today Me too and i really want to thank you for finding the time to be on the podcast it's amazing i i, I love it and hopefully one day we could talk about something else I also would love that. because it's it's just just amazing you know i, I was so nervous what i'm doing Oh, I was so good. nervous, but you're such a good host. Like it was so oh. fun, and I honestly like, I would love to. I just, I just like talking, as you can see. Like so, if right? you like, I would. I just love it, and honestly, it was really nice for you to invite me. Like I'm really honored. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you for your time, Alex, and I'll see you on Monday. Thank you. See you Monday. Take care. <laughs> Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed our episode today. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify. This is your host, Robin, and hope you guys tune in again next week for another episode of Daycare Unscripted, the podcast about the educators, the bosses, the parents, the expecting parents, and what happens in between.